Hello, Robin. Hello. <laughs> How you doing, mate? You all right? Very good, thank you. Very good, yes. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of WN Movie Talk Podcast, formerly known as We Need to Talk About Movies Podcast. And, yeah, this week we are talking about the 1983 crime thriller <laughs> Scarface. Yes. <laughs> hey, Tony. Tony, what are you doing, eh? Tony. What are you doing, Tony? <laughs> A darn no! I can't even Say do it. A I, just, my I just sound like it's a really bad racist Chinese impression. I'm not trying to. <laughs> well, there's <laughs> actually just... a line in the film, which is a key line when you're trying to learn the uh, Cuban accent, and it is uh, "Look at the pelican fly," <laughs> something like that. Look at the pelican fly. He says it in the scene where he's in the bath. It's actually flamingos in the video that he's watching. Oh yeah, but he says pelicans i didn't clock that but you're right so scarface um tony montana have you seen this before robin you must have seen uh, scarface before. no i don't think i have no <laughs> i can't remember it no which is well, odd because i would remember it so i don't think i did ever see it yeah i think you will remember Scarface. i think i've seen bits of it you know i've i've, I've caught the end where he's like getting shot and stuff but yeah i've been itching to watch this for a long time actually mm. and um awesome yeah it was good I quite enjoyed it, but we'll get back onto that in a bit. Anyway. Yeah, jump in the gun, really. Because, uh, yeah, we don't like to talk about the film straight away. We like to keep you like, waiting for ages, don't we, Rob? Well, uh, well, yes, but we're not doing that on purpose. We're just having a waffle to start with. Just, just waffle. I will say, uh, if you want to contact us, you can go over to facebook.com forward slash WN Movie Talk Podcast and Instagram at WN Movie Talk Podcast. Uh, but also now we've got a, a YouTube channel. Just set one up in the last day. There's only a couple of videos on there at the moment. One of them is a movie quiz, and I put just threw it together quickly. Twenty movie questions, and I've been told it's too difficult. I know the answers to the questions. I chose them. Yeah, but uh, my wife had a go, and she didn't get any. And she said, "I think that's a bit too difficult." And then someone else has had a go, and they got eight. That's good. Out of Twenty. That's, that's all right. I said, you know, you know, we don't want people. Fine. Don't want people... Next time I do an easy one, an easier yeah. one, perhaps, but. So you can look us up on YouTube, WN Movie Talk. Hopefully you'll find us and have a go at the quiz. If not, just go onto our Facebook page and there'll be links up there. Mm. But I'd like to do some quizzes as a regular thing, just for a bit of fun. You could always do some on the podcast. We could quiz each other, I was thinking. Yeah, that would be good. Uh, yeah, because obviously we don't do it live, so we couldn't, it wouldn't be... Uh, people would be able to answer straight off the bat, would they? But they would be able to answer no, within the no. week and stuff. We could, yeah, but they can Google. That's the thing, isn't it? Are you are you suggesting that our listeners would cheat? <laughs> I think if it was if it was done online, it'd have to be us quizzing each other. Yes, fair enough. I understand what you're saying. And, and when I say our listeners, I mean Dave, yeah, <laughs> Rob, yeah, Rob, even, <laughs> yeah, Rob. Did you get any feedback from Rob? Oh, what about his uh, podcast last mm. week? Yes, well, I did, actually. He said, you bunch of Muppets, that's the last time I ever make the effort. Yeah, something like that. Good. Because uh, last week it was, or the week before last, because last week was the COVID episode. But before that, Rob recommended Butch Custy and the Sundance Kid. He listened to our podcast. He said, thanks, gents. That was a lot of fun. I'm setting up a copywriting service while I'll be charging per word. So that email was good practice. <laughs> Glad you enjoyed the film. And then he said, I think it says more about you guys that five paragraphs was compared to War and Peace. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. He's so right. 
<laughs> but he said, keep it up. It was a lot of fun. So, yeah, it's good to have an audience recommendation and a film that I hadn't, hadn't seen as well, Butch Cassidy. I, so and I like the idea. Good. I don't know if anyone else would fancy having to go right in the bio like that for us to sort of feed off of that. Because it saved us a lot of aggro, didn't it, really? It kept us on track. It did. kept us on track. It did. Yeah. Rob did a good yeah. job with that. So if anyone else would like to do that or send in a recommendation, then the, the way to do it is to email us at wnmovietalk at gmail.com. I'll say it again, wnmovietalk at gmail.com. Thank you very much. Nice. 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 So like uh, over on the Facebook, in sort of preempting the topic of Scarface today, mm. I thought I'd share a picture of a gangster. Classic gangster, black and white trilby, Tommy Gun. Yeah. And I've put favourite screen gangsters as a question. And um, Nath Kent, 92, said quite a recent one. Matthew McConaughey's gang in The Gentleman. Yeah, yeah, that's a good film. Have you seen that? Yeah. So I've still not seen it. No, no, we will watch it. I think it's Hugh Grant is brilliant it. in that. I've heard he is. Yeah. He's good, isn't he, Hugh Grant? In his later career, the, the back end of his career has been brilliant, hasn't it? He's diversified slightly in his characters. He's, yeah. Not just the mumbling yuppie anymore. He's trying a little bit harder now for roles. <laughs> but no, he oh, was good. really good in it, actually. It was, it, yeah. Yeah, he was. Um, oh, I was going to ask you first, before we went through these, because these are going to link into our discussion i was gonna ask have you watched any films this week well, i i i was just thinking about that actually so i keep talking for a minute because i can't remember oh uh, shall i tell you what i've watched yeah because i didn't do any prep for this i just literally rolled in so um go for it well i've watched um the, the three amigos ah! continuing my 80s comedy steve martin and um martin short yeah i tell you it was a lot of fun i like i enjoyed it finally got cohen to watch it he, he watched three quarters of it and entered Dad, I really don't like westerns, and just walked out. <laughs> <laughs> That'll learn you, won't it? But I thought I've, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good fun. And I also watched a a documentary called "Beware the Moon," all about the making of um, American Wealth in London, which was really. Oh, good that as sounds well. good. That mm. sounds really cool. So, you watch a film or not? Can you think? Well, this afternoon I um, was watching The Great Escape. Oh, yeah. Classic Sunday afternoon movie. So that was on whilst I was sort of doing a bit of work. And then also, um, yeah, Terminator 2 last night. That was our sort of Saturday night movie. Saturday night at the movies. Um, I'll tell you what I've watched as well in preparation for this. Yeah. I remember when I first watched Scarface, it was on BBC Two on a Sunday night. Do you remember the series used to introduce a film each week on BBC Two? Movie Drome. Do you remember that? No. And it used to be Alex Cox, but this one was actually... <laughs> sounds very much like penis. <laughs> <laughs> but this one was actually Mark Cousins introducing uh, Scarface. Well, that's not very funny. I'm Mark Cousins, and I'd like to tell you why I really like Scarface. It's like it's the intricacies <laughs> of... The Parma's camera will work. That make it so interesting to me. <laughs> I'm joking! <laughs> but he, I do like Mark Cousins. He loves his film. But Oh, uh, I did actually, on your recommendation, watch the um, the conversation. Oh, yeah? Did you enjoy it? I did, actually. I thought it was really good. Yeah, yeah interesting, really good. isn't it? Classic. Where he goes to pieces at the end. Gene Hackman goes to pieces at the end, ripping his Yeah, he does, doesn't he? the ending. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> Jump straight in at the end. That's it, just give it away for everyone. I wondered 
whether that was because we mentioned I talked about um, Enemy of the State, didn't I? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I wondered if that his character in that was a direct, whether it was a sort of uh, that the conversation was a prequel to oh, very Enemy of the State because of, he plays a very similar yeah. sort of paranoid, you know, techno guy. But it doesn't. It just obviously just... they said we need a we need you to play a character like this. And he said, done he went, that, do yeah, that again. Done that, don't, I'll do that. Did you watch that online then? Where did you find that? I think it was on the BBC. Oh, really? Yeah, the conversation. It was on the BBC, on the BBC iPlayer. So right now it was on the BBC iPlayer, folks. Get on there and watch it. Brilliant. Anyway, getting back to people commenting over on uh, Facebook about what gangster films. Yeah, go on. Favourite on-screen gangsters. Chris Benton says, Robert De Niro, Casino. The film with the most fucks in it. How many's in there? Do you know? Because this one had quite a few. Yeah, this one held the record for a little while, didn't it? Scarface. It did, yeah. What was it? 230-something? 236, is it? Something stupid like that. Rob Jones says Joe Pesci in Goodfellas. Mm, mm. Honourable mention for Michael K. Williams in The Wire. The Wire? Not seen The Wire. That's a series, isn't it? Oh, is it a series? Right, okay. It might be, yeah. But Pesci, Goodfellas. And Casino. He does the same character in Casino, didn't he? But do you watch many gangster films? Is gangster the genre you... Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, the Godfather uh, series. Um, uh, the Departed. That's a good one, isn't it? Oh, it's good, yeah. yeah. We discussed that in an earlier episode. Oh, yeah. Okay. And Internal Affairs, which was the uh, Hong Kong original that it's based on. Yeah. The, the Irishman was good. Slow. The Irishman, yeah, it was long-winded, wasn't it? And I don't know, what did you think about the digital in them to make them look younger? It didn't really work, did it? Well, you could see you could see it was happening, I think, and yeah. that's always the giveaway, it's isn't like it? weird when you got that scene with De Niro kick, when he's playing the younger self and he's kicking this bloke on the floor, beating this bloke up in front of his daughter. They've made his face look a little bit younger, but he, he's still got the body of a 90-year-old man trying to kick someone <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> Yeah. Like really like, oh, oh, like Monty Burns kicking him. Yeah, they'd actually be better off just getting someone younger and a bit Putting slimmer. Put his face on. Put his face on it, yeah. yeah. Or just filming um, him from a distance, like they used to, you know, body yeah. doubles. Yeah, or from yeah, behind, it a, yeah. It's an interesting story. And um, Pacino was great in that as well, wasn't he? Yeah, it, he, he was. Stole yeah, the no, show I did enjoy that, it. Um, and I, it was sort of tense. You know, you could sort of see there were bits of it, it was where it was, it was sort of heading to it. Someone was going to get something at some point from somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but I must and say... Someone's going to be a double-crosser. Chris saying about Casino and Rob saying about Goodfellas, they are my two... They're the ones I've probably watched the most out in the, uh, the Godfather films. But Casino, three hours long, and I can watch it again and again. Whereas that... The Irishman, I've tried watching it a second time and I didn't get very far into it. No, I could imagine that. Not quite the same. I was just going through this mafia list and it's got English gangsters and I don't always think that, you know, you, you, you've got the American mafia and then you've got English gangsters, haven't you, in my opinion. I don't think they're quite, although I guess they are the same genre, they're not, if you see what I mean. Well, you've got the old craze, haven't you? Legend, yeah. have you seen that? And that's Tom what I was going to say, Legends on this list, but and that's the one I was going to say, Legends. I love that film. I think Tom Hardy's brilliant in that. Yeah. I just love the way he plays the both both brothers. What about and, the Kemp brothers as played the craze in the older version? They did, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, it's all right. I just preferred the leg- Legend with Tom Hardy. I just liked his, particularly the... Um, uh, which one's the mental one? Yeah. Ron, Ronnie? Reggie. R- Ronnie or Reggie, isn't it? <laughs> Reggie, Ronnie? One of them, isn't it? He's totally mental. I like the bit when he comes in with his gun, he goes, say hello to my little friend. 
We don't. How many films do you think actually put that line in? Do you think any other films have got that line in it? Yeah, possibly. Parodies and things like that, maybe. I used that line in a porno I was in once. <laughs> I just got the joke. I say hello say- to my little friend. <laughs> um, Piero Canuti says there can be only one. Don Vito Corleone, Marlon Brando in The Godfather. Yeah, but when he dies, I don't, I'm sorry. <laughs> he's running around in a garden. Yeah, but he's, that's his family, isn't it? He's a moralistic. It's, a f- it's it, great. I love it. I won't hear the Godfather knocked. Robin, get out. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry, you're right. Fair enough. Um, but then <laughs> Turn he it said, off. Everyone but, give up. Leave. But he says, and this is what's going to lead into our podcast. This is how professional we are. He says, but if I was to pick two, Al Pacino as Tony Montana from Scarface. So here we are. That's where we're arriving now, Scarface. And exactly that. What a professional um, <laughs> thing that we've just done. Not that we we should have mentioned, though, um, Michael Corleone in The Godfather. Pacino in the Godfather films is well, great well. this is it, isn't it? And I mean, Pacino, obviously. But that, but that's the good thing about it, isn't it? Because he, he was kind of well-known. He's done a couple of other films. He did Serpico as well, didn't he? Yeah, Serpico and um, Dog Day Afternoon. Yeah. Both by the same producer. Yeah. Um, as Scarface. And he yeah, that's right. wanted to work with uh, Pacino again. And he thought, oh, Scarface would be a good film yeah. for them to do. And the director, Sidney, Sidney Lumet, was going to come back in as well. Yeah. Originally. And I think that's the thing. You know, he has come away from his character in The Godfather and that, and, and added in that little bit of Cuban in there. And a little bit rougher and readier coming up from the streets. Yeah. Because the, the history of Scarface, there was a film back in 1932, yep. which was based on a book from 1929, mm-hmm. which was based loosely on Al Capone. That's right, because Al Capone that's had scars, didn't he, on his face? And that's what they called him, Scarface, wasn't it? But he didn't like to be called Scarface. Oh, you don't say it to his face. Oh, no, we, no, don't no, say it to, yeah. we don't say it to Al. And weirdly as well, um, Al Capone was in the episode of Timeless, because we're still dragging our way through oh, that. Right, yeah. We got through the first series. And Al Capone was in that. And he had a brother, apparently, who hid and changed his name. <laughs> oh, right. Don't blame him. I think he came yeah, from no. like there was eight of them, weren't there? And he had all brothers mm. except for one sister. Okay, so he was protective over his sister. So whether that storyline in mm. this has come from that, and I, I was hoping to be able to see the first one before as well, the, uh, the original Scarface. I managed to find it, but I've had it on, I've had it downloaded for a long time. So ah. I've, I did, I've watched it, and it is surprisingly close okay but is this so is this relationship with his sister does it seem more incestuous in that one it's there's a line in it where she says something like and this is very early on he catches her snogging someone and he's like kicks the bloke out and then he's like what are you doing no sister of mine does that and she's like sometimes i think that you just want me for yourself or something like that and yeah and they didn't go there because it was 1932 right (laughs) but yeah it was but it's very similar, the same story as in this. Um, Except for the fact that that was the prohibition. Exactly. And there, the cocaine is beer, really. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Which presumably is what Al Capone did more of. Exactly. The whole it's based prohibition on, bit. It's based on Capone, isn't it? So, yeah. And it's also Italians. But I think when they was looking for a way to remake it in the 80s, the Cuban boat lift just seemed like a great way. Perfect, in. perfect, perfect way in. 
Um, and the Cubans weren't particularly happy with that because from that point on, they their reputation was somewhat tarnished by um, well, the well, film. Yeah, well, they was going to film the film in Florida and there were so many sort of protests from the Cuban communities right. that they ended up just abandoning filming there and they filmed it. I can't, was it LA? Did they film it back in LA? Yes, they did. Yeah, 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 they yeah. did. Yeah, that's right. So, they didn't, yeah, because they didn't actually. Miami didn't want them either, did they? No, because obviously it, they they didn't want the film to represent Miami because it would give Miami a bad reputation, and they obviously want tourism and people coming in. Yeah, well, the, like the bloke who was like the spearhead of the the campaign against the film, saying you know Cubans aren't all criminals. He actually got done for, I think, fraud and smuggling weapons. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he just didn't do himself any favours in the long run. But, no. But I think it's a great, it's an interesting concept for them to set it. And it's a different sort of feeling of gangster, isn't it? When you watch, like, the old gangster films, it's all guns and knives. But this, you know, just the opening chainsaw scene, you know, the first, it's like, Oh, fuck, this is brutal, isn't it? It was, but then at the same time, it wasn't, because oh, you don't see it. No, yeah, you know, that's, it's, that's it's, it's It's actually well done in that sense, isn't yeah. it? Because it's got that, um, you know, you know what's going on, but actually all you see is a bit of squirty blood in his eyes. Yeah, you it does look like it. there's a water pistol off-screen shooting blood at Pacino's face, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> like and just and one the thing jet. is... <laughs> Because I was, I was, I, I watched a bit. Of, there's a documentary on YouTube that talks about this film. So um, they it basically they kept getting an X for it. They couldn't get an R rating. Yeah, they kept getting an X. So then they took a few bits out, particularly that scene. So then they took a few bits out, and then they tried it again, and you know, again that didn't work. And so they took some more out, and they changed a few more bits and diluted it down again, and they still couldn't get it in. And eventually, they, I think they took them to court, and it was like things like they got. Um, uh, a policeman in who said yeah actually this is you that's know, right yeah this is and, what's um, happening so child psychologist yeah that's it so it's kind yeah. of like it's actually important that people understand that this is a this is you know the a way that things are going in this in that in that sense so eventually they got it taken back so they got the r rating and then uh the director sort of thought well hang on a minute i've got three versions that they've given an x to and basically the 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 agreement the was that yeah. they could play one of them through as an R-rated film. So he put the original back in. Yeah, but all the scenes back. Yeah, yeah so he, all the stuff he cut out, he just put them all back in. So it actually is the... So there isn't a, like an extended cut out there really as such. No. Because this is the... This is all of it, yeah. All of it, yeah. So I thought that was fascinating and um, yeah, and good cool. as well. Yeah, very, I like the way they, uh, they got round it in the end. Yeah, but you think that, you know, they're paying these people to go and say all that stuff, really. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not an educational film, is it? <laughs> Oh God, no! But then at the same time, I think you know. I mean, it's like it's like the critics sort of slating it early on, early doors. You know, I mean, yeah, it, it, it sort yeah. of it's sort of weathered it's, as it's gone on, hasn't it? Critics have sort of now changed their opinion of it, and now it's a classic. Where a lot of them originally yeah, I said, think it put a lot of noses out of joint. I mean, it is a it's quite a sort of a vulgar film. He's a vulgar character. Yeah, everything looks brash. Yeah, and the music, the music music. makes me laugh because it is very Miami Vice, isn't it? That sort of eighties classic eighties music. It's a really odd soundtrack, but some of it works really, really well, and then other bits, like the montage in the middle where it's all going really well. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, yeah, it is. (laughs) It's It's a real cheesy eighties pop. 
Welcome to the limit. <laughs> yeah, but it fits because it, in a weird way, and and strangely, it helps the film because you know lots of films from that era just date so badly that you don't want to watch them. Yeah, you're just like, no, can't watch that. It's just a shocker. But th- for some reason, I think this one is sort of because it's sort of sat in that time period and it's just got that awful eighties. But it, yeah, it seemed to enhance it in a weird way for me. Yeah, it because does. it wasn't. You know, I wasn't looking at it going, ah, oh, this is dated badly. I was just looking at it going, oh, this is the 80s. It's classic. This it is just, that time, isn't it? Yeah, it just sums yeah. up the 80s, doesn't it? And it, it was great. To be honest, I'm never really, apart from Scarface, I'm not a massive Brian De Palma fan. I tried watching Carlito's Way last year and I yeah, yeah. couldn't really get through it. It was really cheesy and the love scenes and like the relationship with this woman. I don't know. There's something about it. I was like, oh, this is naff. And but watching Scarface again, I think I need to revisit that. But but then um, that's the thing, you know, Scarface. You could argue that, that Scarface potentially could be really cheesy. Yeah, I just think that Pacino is. It, this is one of my favourite roles of his. He is just brilliant in it. Oh yeah, the opening scene, the opening shot is just of of his face, and the camera sort of roll, revolving around him. Yeah, for like a minute and a half two minutes while they're questioning him and he's just yeah. reacting. He's got this real arrogance to him and he's not a nice character. I mean, you don't like him from the minute you see him, but it's it's strange how you he draws you in. And, but and I think that's the thing, isn't it? I think that was the sort of flip side to the, particularly the Cuban perspective on this film was some thought, you know, oh, it's a shocker, like his mum, mm. oh, he's a disgust, you know, he's an embarrassment he's to the Cuban to people Cuban, and all of those yeah. things. But other people actually saw him as a bit of a, a bit of a hero because he hero, kind of, yeah. you know, climbed the ladder, so to speak, you know, and, and made it to the top. And that was something to be, to aspire towards, you know. So it's fascinating, yeah, how this has, you know, got into the psyche of people. Yeah. Um, you're saying about the uh, the film, like, struggling to not be an X, to get the R rating. Yeah. Uh, they had the same issues with the original film back in the... Uh, yeah, I should think the they 30s. did. And it, it, but then it was at the point where they even with, with the screenplay they had to have screenplays approved before they would make them. And Howard Hughes, uh, if you, do you know Howard Hughes? Have you seen the film The Aviator? Yes, 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 yes. That's yeah. Howard Hughes. I think he put his own money up and sort of made it independent of the studios. Oh, okay, so they got it made without having to be rated, and then managed to get it out there. Yeah, okay. Afterwards, but I think they went through, had to jump through a lot of hurdles to get it out. I think you jump through hoops and over hurdles, but let's not go there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they—that's um, why you was always the, crap at athletics. The end of the, the end of this film actually uh, dedicates the film to Ben Hecht and Howard Hawks. Howard Hawks was the director of the last one, and Ben Hecht was the the chap who wrote the screenplay. All right, so yeah, without them, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, this it's a classic rise and fall story, isn't it? It's great, and I love the way. Well, they got Oliver Stone in to do the writing for this before he was a director. He, I think he might have directed yep. a film called The Hand at this point, a really shit horror film with Michael Caine. Yep. But this was before like Platoon and what have you. Uh, Oliver Stone had written a screenplay of Midnight Express at this point, I think. And I think he won an Oscar or an Oscar nomination for that. So they right. got him on board for this. They paid him £300,000 or dollars to research for this film. And at the time, he was a massive cokehead. And he was like, just trying to give up coke. Yes. But then they gave him $300,000 and he went 
and spent a lot of time in Cuba and Florida, hanging around with all the gangsters with all the coke. But then he went completely cold turkey to write it. He moved to France, to Paris, got completely out of the way of coke and wrote Scarface completely straight. And this was sort of his getting over cocaine. I don't think he's ever done any since. Crazy. And actually, that's that's great because he shows because it shows, doesn't it, with the as the film goes on and his 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 deepening addiction to the cocaine and the need to just bury himself. And then that bit at the end where he's yeah, effectively yeah. just a mountain. It's the picture behind you, isn't it? It's a mountain of cocaine, and he's just sticking his face in it and sniffing. <laughs> and I think isn't it right that the it was a uh, baby powder yeah, or some sort of baby it? milk yeah. or something, wasn't it? I reckon it, he was damaged his lungs and. For years after this, he was still feeling the repercussions of snorting baby milk. (laughs) Well, now they use like a a powder that's basically, yeah, just vitamin B. But when they sniff it, they actually do get a buzz off of it as well, even though it's not dangerous. (laughs) And it's very good for them because it's vitamins. Yeah. I like that. Have Have we actually told any of the story? Should we go through the... So Tony Montana, Tony Montana, it come over on the boat from Cuba, and uh, basically, yeah, there's the Cuban. It was called the um, yeah, the yeah, the Mariel boat lift. Basically, refugees fleeing from uh, Cuba. Cuba, yeah, yeah, it was um, uh, Fidel Castro, wasn't it? The revolution, Fidel Castro in Cuba, mm. and they all went to Florida, and Castro allegedly emptied his prisons and sent over thousands and thousands of his worst criminals as well. <laughs> And that's what the story is, isn't it? He's off the boat. He's got his little tattoo. Yeah. They see a lot of them coming through, those tattoos. That's how they sort of recognise that they're prisoners. Yeah, that's how they, yeah, they, they, they rumble him, don't they, that way? Oh, I've done nothing wrong. Oh, no, I've never been to prison. <laughs> yeah, my father was a Yankee. Yeah. But he's so, like I say, his character is so brash. He's so arrogant. But he's in these loud Hawaiian shirts and... Later on in white suits and yeah, big, I like the change. Collars. I like the change in him. I like the um, the brash Miami shirts and things to start with, and then he, you know, gets it bit by bit, doesn't he? he? He inherits the money. I can't remember what the what he says at the pool. That's one of the famous, you know, the sort of lines, isn't it? About the free first, you got to get the money. Oh, uh, first you get the money, then you get the power, and then you get the woman. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because his mate Manny. He's uh, a right sleaze, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. And he's, uh, just, he's like... just all over the women and like, getting slapped left, right and centre. <laughs> he is, isn't he? Yeah, he's got no skills. <laughs> no. Which is a shame. He's a handsome chap. You'd think if he, you know, he could pull it off. But no. Maybe he did in Cuba. Maybe that was his problem. You know? uh, like, going back to the chainsaw scene, it's like one of the first jobs they do is to kill one of Castro's men one of his old generals, isn't it, in the camp, because they're putting yep. like a, a refugee yep. to get camp. their green cards, isn't it? Yeah. And it's a job that they've been set up for. So he, he kills Castro's general, then they get, get released, him and his mates. And then the next job they go to do is for this Omar, who is played by F. Murray Abraham. And they've got to go and just do a drug deal, isn't it? And it, it all yeah, goes wrong. They sort of say, give them to the Colombians. So you get yeah. the feeling it's going to go badly anyway from, from, from the fact that, you know, Omar and his mate decide to hand them the Colombian job. Yeah. Almost almost as if to say that will just kill them off and that'll be the end of them. So he doesn't trust Omar from the start. And he sees his mate Angel is 
sort of hacked to bits. But that scene, like you say, it's, it avoids show, being gratuitous. Mm. But it's really well done. I love the way the camera like fades away from the window mm. and then goes down to Manny and that in the car chatting up the women. And then yeah. goes back, and by the time it gets back, you can just hear the chainsaws. Like, yeah, coming in. Oh, it's just great. Really, really interesting shots in, that, in this film. I mean, Brian De Palma, if you, if you like him or not, I, I know I said I, I've never been that keen on him. I used to love The Untouchables. I think that was my first inroad into gangster films when I was younger. Yeah, yeah. And I used to love it. But when I've watched it in recent years, I found it really, really cheesy, really corny. And Sean mm. Connery is just awful in it. You know, um, and he got an Oscar nomination for it as well, didn't he? He might have even won the Oscar, but it's just <laughs> awful. But there is some really great set pieces in the films, and he he knows what he's doing with the camera, and um, mm. and in this, just yeah, some really great shots. And I mean, a lot of it you see Tony Montana like just dwarfed by this horrible landscape that he's put himself in, isn't it? All these fake sort of buildings and. It's just like this tiny little man down in the bottom of the screen. It's yeah, great. it is. And that, that whole sequence, though, even when, like, uh, Manny and that get upstairs and they sort of save Tony, don't they? And they, they, you know, the machine gun fight and all the bullets flying everywhere. And then they, it sort of rolls out onto the street, doesn't it? And he chases yeah. the Colombian down onto the street. And I just love that bit. You've got everyone standing there watching and he doesn't give a damn, does he? He's just like, right. Your turn. Bang. Shoots him in the face. Right in the street, yeah. And it's just like, it's just reckless. Yeah. And you can sort of see from that, there's no there's no consideration for where he is or who's watching or any of that. He's just, right, revenge. Bang. Yeah. Like, your turn, mate. Yeah. And he just sorts it out, jumps in the car, get out of here. You know, and it's like, you can sort of see from that, he's got that reckless streak to him that he isn't going to stop, is he? He's just going to do what he thinks. It will exactly, do what, yeah. Do what he wants, sort of thing. And then that Frank Lopez, when they go back, Omar takes him to meet Frank Lopez, who's like yeah. the guy in charge. And you can see instantly, he's, Lopez is keeping him close because he's like, this bloke's a loose cannon. And Pacino is constantly sort of checking yeah. him out. Re- yeah. Recognises he's weak yeah. from the start. And as soon as he sees Michelle Pfeiffer coming down in the elevator... yeah. It's like, yeah, you can see where that's going to go. He has no respect for him. None at all. He's going to he's gonna bypass him, isn't he? Sooner or later, he's going to take him out because he's this guy's just going to get in his way. Yeah, he's literally, exactly. He's, he's literally in his way between him and the big, big, big top dogs, isn't he, really? Yeah. And you can just see it coming. <laughs> he sees Michelle Pfeiffer and he's like, yeah, I want that woman. And he, he makes up his mind from the start. And she invites him to dance. And he's so awkward on the dance floor it's hilarious and his suit but at that point it's a cheap suit he's wearing isn't it and he's like throwing himself all around the dance floor uh, oh the the dancing in that in that bit is just brilliant (laughs) and and that's the other thing um i guess i guess about him because he takes there's that within this film there's that element and i think that's what it is that perhaps makes him endearing is there's that element of him being He's funny. There's these funny bits. You know, he messes around. Like with the car scene when he puts the hat, her hat on his head. You know, and he just, he's just silly, isn't he? You know, he just does a few things I that think, are just daft. And his yeah. dancing is like... <laughs> I think that the scene with the hat, I think, was Pacino fucking around. And she looks yeah. away and he puts the hat on and he's just sat there waiting for her to look. And as soon as she looks, you see her corpsing, can't you? Yeah, and, and that's the thing. And I think, I think perhaps... And that, because like you were saying, you know, there's no reason why you'd like this guy. No. You know, if you think about it, he's, he's gobby, he's brash, 
you know, he's he's disrespectful. You know, he's 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 an ass. In all for all intents and purposes, you know, he's yeah. a drug dealer. He's a murderer. He's like, there's nothing about it. But yet, still, like you said, you know, what is it that you're not necessarily rooting for him in a sense that you want him to win? But you, you know, he's better than he's better than the people he's surrounded. By, yeah, he's kind of yeah. You want him to keep going rather than to get caught out. But by the end of it, you know exactly where he's going. Yeah, he's he's making money on the side, isn't he? He actually admits to that further <laughs> down the line, doesn't he? At some point, the hip hop community of the late eighties, nineties took Scarface on, and sort of they inherited Scarface and that sort of attitude of coming up from the streets and the ghetto and those sorts of things and making it big. And so one of the artists was making a video and they were looking for a house. And he said to the it's, uh, this woman showing them around the houses in Los Angeles and he couldn't find the what sort of thing he wanted. He wasn't impressed. And so he said to her, look, I, I, none of these are the sort of ticking the box that I want. And she said, well, what do you want? And he said, well, I want the house a bit like Lopez's house in Scarface. And she said, oh, well, that's just round the corner. And it used to be Richard Nixon's house, the president's oh, right. house. So apparently. Um, and so that, so then he went there and made the video. He said it was the best thing he'd ever done in his life, <laughs> making his hip-hop video. But yeah, so apparently it was Richard Nixon's house as well originally. So crazy. I remember but when I, I used to like the drum and bass, go to drum and bass nights, and there was always a lot of Scarface sort of sampled into drum and bass tunes as well. Good. <laughs> Great. Love it, absolutely brilliant. Going back to the, the, I suppose the Lopez Michelle Pfeiffer love triangle though. I didn't really buy Michelle Pfeiffer marrying him in this. She always seemed completely repulsed by it. Yeah, um, and is she that materialistic that it is just about the money and the lifestyle? I suppose for her. Isn't yeah, it? but I think as well. I think when he goes and sits with her at, at the side of the pool and says, "I want you to." you know, have my babies, I want you to be my wife. I think that's the point where I think she sort of buys into that idea. So I think at that point, she's probably probably wishing it could happen. She sort of says, well, what about Frank? You know, she's kind of into it at that point. Yeah. But it very quickly turns sour, doesn't it? And um, But I, to be fair, I think Michelle Pfeiffer, you know, she's very, very thin in this film. Mm. And apparently it was because she was basically just smoking Marlboros and drinking tomato- and, and eating tomato soup the whole way through the film and so the cast actually did get quite worried about her yeah. weight and things and so she did a good job of kind of just gradually looking more and more like just like an addict oh, yeah yeah so michelle pfeiffer she had she done grease too by this point Would i that don't come know out first? probably maybe because grease was at the end of the 70s wasn't it yeah grease too was yeah 1982 so yeah the year before so she just come out in Greece. not a good film either <laughs> c o o l R-I-D-E-R, Cool Rider. I've, I've never seen it. <laughs> that's the only song I remember. Well, well done, because that's more than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not as memorable as uh, Grease. No. I got chills. <laughs> They're multiplying. Yeah, it's like the women get a bit of a hard time in this movie, don't they? This, the women don't have the best roles. No, I mean, this, this is classic. And, this is... Uh, De Palma has criticised for this in other films that... Whenever he writes a leading woman, she's always like a prostitute. Or so he's got like yeah, little, very little respect going on there for Oliver Stone. Is I can't think of many Oliver Stone films where there's like really good female yeah. characters. It's very much a man's world that he writes about. Yeah, right? it is. But I guess on, I guess on that note though, I mean the only one that actually stands up to him is his mother. Yeah. He kind yeah. of bows down to a bit there and sort of just respects. Exactly. Enough. I mean, he goes there and he's like, I come back, mum. I'm a success now. 
and he's getting all his money out, and she's just disgusted. Yeah, by him, absolutely. I've been a good boy, and she's like, "Get out of my house." And that's what I said about that whole the 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 actual the the Cubans that came over. That that that's the mix, isn't it? You got those that sort of thought, "Wow, look at him. He's great. He's done a mm. he's climbing the ladder and he's being successful and taking the society on." Like his sister retakes and then it you've all got, in, doesn't she? Yeah, then you've got the more respectful Cubans who probably would have, yeah, who hated this film and would have been more like that about it. Just get out. We don't want to know. Miriam Colon, who plays his mum. Yeah. Let's say Colon. Let's say Miriam Colon. Let's say Colon. <laughs> uh, she's only four years older than Pacino. Get away. Yeah. Yeah. God. And then Mary Elizabeth Mastrantionio. That's easy for you to say. His, uh, his sister. Uh, obviously, we've done Abyss the other week. She's in that. Oh, yes, she is. Yes. She's yeah. the woman in Abyss. And she's made Marion as well, isn't she? In Robin Hood. Princess yes. Fish. Yeah. Everything I do, I do it to you. Is that the, <laughs> is that the words? <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah. She looks up to Tony. She thinks he's great. And he's, but his mum, yeah, not so keen. On her son. Yeah, his mum's definitely written him off already. Yeah. And she doesn't want the, uh, her daughter going anywhere near him, but inevitably that, that's sort of where it goes, isn't it? Because as she starts to go out clubbing and stuff and he sees her out and about, he starts to sort of take over a bit, doesn't he? But like you say, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of violence in there towards women and things as well. And the characters, there isn't a main female strength in the film, really. Is there? Michelle Pfeiffer's just kind of defiant but gives up walks away yeah at the same time is is kind of losing the plot with her addiction to uh, cocaine and but before he before she leaves he's got to face off against robert loggia frank lopez doesn't he yeah well we've missed and, a bit um, there haven't we because actually before that he goes over to um oh he goes over to see sosa to bolivia isn't it sosa he goes over there with um omar, omar and he starts making he starts talking making deals with him doesn't he and sort of you know discussing the discussing the terms and stuff and omar's like what are you doing what are you doing that's not your place to do yeah that. just and then when he just goes away they like go off to talk at the phone yeah. and he's so and he leaves him there and omar's like no this is my deal you know you who the hell are you who do you think you are i put you into like, this let me do the talking let me do the talking and then as soon as they come back pacino just bursts straight in over the top of omar Saying, look, you know, these are the terms. This is what we can do. You do this for us, and we do. And he's like, Omar just completely loses it in front of him. There's no professionality between the two of them. No. He's like, yeah, what are you doing? Brilliantly you know, done. This is my job. <laughs> Throwing a tantrum straight in front of him. But uh, Omar has been recognised as an informer by uh, Sosa's mate, and. Um, yeah, the scene where he's like takes him up in the helicopter. I always remember that. There's like key scenes yeah. in this where you just, well, it's uh, unforgettable imagery. And the it? actor um, of act, the actor of Omar F. Murray Abraham, who I really enjoyed in Amadeus, so that they got his face in the shot. They hung him with a, a with a rope from a crane. Yeah, on the studio backlog. But they yeah. actually did lob a stuntman out of the wind out of the helicopter with the noose yeah. around his neck. But protected so that in theory but, it wouldn't hang him. Yeah, but they, I think it's a harness, isn't it? But then it looks like it's the, the one around his neck. But at the same time, they were still they were still whilst doing it, thinking this is mental. It could go wrong. But it's a great shot. Is they achieved it, and it looks great. Incredible, really good. Yeah, and, Tony, and Tony's like, meh. <laughs> so what? Yeah, I'm never like that guy anyway, huh? So yeah, so then he goes back to Lopez, and Lopez is like, oh. He's fuming, isn't he? He's like, what are you doing? 
you can't set these deals up. What are you doing? That's what they're going to do when I haven't got the money. And he's like, it's okay, I'll make the money up. <laughs> so Pacino's got it all in hand. Lopez, at this point, is starting to realise he's he's getting ousted. I'm, he's in trouble. He's him, in isn't trouble, he? isn't he? He knows he's doing it to him now. So then he, yeah. he gets that policeman bursting, doesn't he? That's right. Go in and try and extort money out of him for protection. And again, Pacino's just not buying any of it. He knows... He knows they're playing him, doesn't he? He sees it from every angle. It's yeah, it does. He, yeah, it's very knowledgeable for a guy who... I mean, this is the thing, I guess we don't know quite where he was in terms of the, that sort of thing in Cuba. The hierarchy over there. But right? he, yeah. knows, he yeah. knows how it all works and he's wise to the street for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so then basically um, Lopez sets him up to be to get him assassinated, doesn't he? With the two guys yeah. sitting in, his, in, in the, the club, club watching the show. And I got to talk about this show because what the hell was the thing with the clown? <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Weird paper mache. And that was another reason why, um, within the when they had the X rating, apparently it's because the clown got shot too many times. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but what was he doing? Imagine watching that show. <laughs> I know. I don't think that. You, know, you can understand the comedian, and then they get a clown on, and he's just sort of. Can't see you. I'm doing this with a clown head on and everyone's like going... <laughs> but I, what, what I really like yeah, about that is. bit as well is that the, the guys get their guns out ready to hit Tony and then they see the clown come out and they put the guns away, look at each other as if to say, well, let's watch this first. It's going to be really funny. It's like, no, it isn't. And then at the end, they shoot the clown as well. <laughs> they go, oh, actually, the clown is shit. Yeah. Oh, I've had enough of this. Gone. Wait for him to stand in front of Tony so we can get them both at the same time. <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. I was like, what kind of a club is that? The club again, and like the the sets in this film mm. that they've built, mm. you know, that club is so tacky and so, mm. but all their mirrors must have been a nightmare to try and film in there. I know they had all the mirrors like on pivots. Right. Okay. So they could change them, but even so it must have been. I think I read that somewhere actually that I think there's, a, yeah, I think the director is in the film, isn't he? Because his head's in it. From one of the mirrors reflecting back or something. Probably, yeah. But then, like, the, the Lopez motors, yep. you know, that just that horrible, bright, glarish oh, sun. Yeah, and it's literally the doors within the picture as well, isn't it? It's, like, so <laughs> tacky. and oh. <laughs> It's just great, though, isn't it? it? Really iconic. And you just, once you, you know, you recognise Scarface from any screenshot in that film. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's Scarface. Scarface, you know? yeah. Real yeah. distinctive, isn't it? But it is. It's brash. It's in your face. And it is that sort of Miami Vice thing. Miami Vice was a bit like that, wasn't it? It was a bit brash and a bit like... Well, I suppose it's because it's all set in the same area, isn't it? I suppose Miami Vice would have been busy after the Cubans come over and all the cocaine absolutely. flooding absolutely. into the country. So Miami Vice so started running in 1988. So it was a little bit, a little while after. Oh, God, a lot later then. Yeah, a lot later. But yeah, and another thing that was heavily influenced from uh, this... Was the Grand Theft Auto Vice City? You ever played the Grand Theft Auto you, games? Weirdly, I was playing it the other night. <laughs> what Vice City? Yeah, Vice City. Oh, it's great, isn't it? And that's like Carlito's way as well. The lawyer in that is like Carlito's lawyer, isn't it? And Vice City, though, is very much the story of yeah Scarface. Scarface. And it's set in the eighties in Florida, like you know. Yeah, yeah. I did love Vice City, and now there's a lot of eighties songs that I love because of playing that game because <laughs> the radio stations on those were just great educational if they're the case or not and they and they so so but then lopez has tried to assassinate tony montana tony montana and he he knows it's lopez yeah so he gets his mate to phone up lopez 
phone him up at three o'clock in the morning, and then he goes back to Lopez Motors, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he rolls on in, his, his arm in a sling. Yeah, he goes in with Manny. He's got his gun out already, and he yep. walks in with a gun. What's the gun for, Tony? I don't know, a little paranoid, I guess. <laughs> and then the phone goes, and it's his mate saying, "We fucked up." First of all, he's like, "Oh, that'll be that'll be Elvira. Uh, we'll let it go. I won't bother picking up." He's like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll speak to her. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> Thinks Tony's going to pick up the phone. <laughs> it's just great how they catch him out and then he begs for his life. He is just worthless, isn't he? Yeah. Just weak. He's got no balls. <laughs> no balls. No balls. All I have is my balls and my wallet. I understand. I like that. That's good. I sound <laughs> a little bit more like Michael Caine when I try to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets Lopez out of the way and then that's it. Well, Manny he's shoots him, doesn't he? Running. Actually, because... He gets, he gets Manny to Manny shoot him. Manny shoots yeah. him and he uh, shoots the cop. That's right. He's like, you can't yeah. shoot a cop. And you're thinking, it's Donny Montana. He can't shoot yeah, the cop. I shoot how I want. And he does. And he, he shoots does. Him. He shoots him and he's shot. So that's him That's him out the way. Now he's in charge. And then it the, goes pretty much then into the montage, which we discussed a bit earlier. But I love this, the banker. When he first sees him turn up with a couple of bags of money, he's like, oh, yeah. lots of money. <laughs> and then at the end, they're coming in with like 10 carloads of bags of money. And he's like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> he's like, I, I can't hide this anymore. Get out of hell. <laughs> <laughs> And then, so then it switches. And then from that moment on, that's where the real paranoia really kicks in. Yeah. You know, you go to his mansion, there's security guards and cameras and gates, and he doesn't trust anyone, does he? I mean, he says it, doesn't he? The only person I trust is myself. And- yeah, he's snorting a lot of coke, though, isn't yeah, it? it's, yeah, exactly. Frank said, don't get high on your own supply. That's right. Words. Didn't listen, did he? And don't shoot the bird with your word. He didn't say that. I just wanted to say it right. <laughs> but yeah, no. And, and so he didn't He didn't heed the advice of those around him. No. Like, don't mess with me. This is what Sosa says, doesn't he? He says, don't, don't, don't fuck me over. You don't fuck with me, Tony. Don't screw with me. He's paranoid in that here. He gets stung by the FBI in that first, doesn't he? They yeah, he does. Yeah. Undercover. They, they, they catch is him first. Is that before he's going to do the job? That's why folks. he does the job, isn't it, for Salsa? Because he gets the, he gets caught for the money laundering. We can get you off, but you're going to have to do a job for us. And that's to go to New York and assassinate the guy that's talking. At the UN uh, and then giving he, a speech at the night United yeah, Nations. Yeah, he's basically going to gra- grass up Sosa and his, his, his gang, isn't he? Yeah, that's right. And so Tony travels to New York with his uh, sort of henchman, um, the shadow, yeah. Alberto, who... I don't know if you noticed, I, I was looking at him and I think, I recognise Alberto. And I, I tell you where I know him from is the guy in um, Breaking Bad, who's in the wheelchair that blows up. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Matey boy, but blows his face up, doesn't he? That's him. That's a really old guy. Oh, right. So, you know, he's carried on playing those sorts of gangstery sort of characters. Yeah. But yeah, so they go to New York. Alberto puts a, plants a bomb, doesn't he? A radio bomb under the car. So they follow him. And then his wife and children get in the car. And then... Tony's like, I'm the killer now. Because that's exactly how he speaks. Well, that's it. He's, he's got, there is some moral fibre there, isn't there? He can't kill the kids, especially when they're playing pat cake in the back window. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that guy obviously hired them to do that, didn't he? Right, I might get shot here, so I need you to. Yeah, can you two get up in the back window, kids, please? Kids, go play pat cake in the back window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so he, so. 
So basically... This is downfall. Um, this is major downfall, then, isn't it? Well, it, it is, because he then crosses Sosa, doesn't he? Because he, he kills Alberto. They don't blow him up. He then goes and he does his speech, and and that, therefore Sosa is um, brought to public knowledge. I just love that scene where he's on the speakerphone, Tony Montana, and Pacino's just great in it, where he's, like, trying to hang up at the end and shout that yes! he's juggling the fucking thing, and he's so erratic. And, and his mate takes it off him and goes, no, he's gone, he's gone now. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just basically, his men are just babysitting him for the end of that. It, they film. are, aren't they, at the end? And it, it, it just becomes such a such a decline because he just can't sort himself out can he he's gone no but anyway so in the meantime so so sosa declares war, declares on, war him. on him but just before that um tony's mum rings and says gina has disappeared and i don't know where she has gone they can't find manny either. yeah and manny's gone somewhere as well and then when they but you've seen we've seen this coming because they keep sharing eyes yeah they do they? yeah like yeah, wedding, yeah like, they do oh, and manny oh. you know to be fair it's unfortunate because manny's done the decent thing you know, God have married her. He's going to obviously try to support, you know, be supportive. And, you know, it's a family affair and it's lovely in theory. But when um, <laughs> when De Niro opens the door and it goes to his eyes. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then yeah. he shoots Manny. Yeah. And it's like, oh, dear. Yeah. It's all gone. And, and then, you know, Manny, that's you it. know, that was his closest friend. Wasn't yeah, it? Well, absolutely. They weren't just partners. They was... They were closest yeah. friends. And I mean, there's great banter between them throughout. And Manny's like the only one who can tell him to his face, you know. Yeah. You're, you're, like, your wife's right, mate. You are being yeah. a prick. And there's, a, there's and some stuff. great stuff early on in that, actually. Their relationship's really good. And it's nicely done when they're, when they're doing the dishwashing bit. And they're sitting there drinking coffee and yeah. just chatting, aren't they, about, oh, look at that guy over there, get that woman and all the money he's got. Well, what he says at the very beginning when they're like... Pacino's just been interviewed. It's sanita- getting sanita- off the boat. Sanitarium. Yeah. I told him I was in sanitation. Sanitation. No. I said sanitarium. <laughs> Not that sanitation. You've been in the sanitarium. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. And so, yeah, so that as Marina gets more and more successful. Montana. Um, Montana. So Marina, that's a wrong quarterback. I was thinking of which quarterback is it? Because <laughs> that's where he got the name from, wasn't it? Montana. Yeah, from, from uh, Joe Montana, Montana, the 49ers. Joe Montana. Um, so, when, so yeah, as Montana's getting more and more successful, Manny just ends up doing more and more to protect him and do the, you know, to keep things up above water, really, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. And so eventually Manny's the one person he's got left to, to lose the plot with, isn't he, really? And he does. Yeah. And he kills him. Because we missed out a, a, quite an important scene as well, is the scene in the restaurant where he's just like a spoiled baby, isn't he? He's all drunk. Oh, yes. I'm the bad guy. Hey, take a look yeah. at the bad guy. Say hello to the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> Oliver Stone was not as happy with this film as everyone else. Mm. Pacino really thought it was great. The producer was happy. De Palma, I, I think, you know, I think it's, out of all the De Palma films I've seen, I think this is his best. Yeah. And it is one of the greatest gangster films still. But Oliver Stone wasn't happy because he said it, they sort of missed the politics of it mm. and the social commentary looking at the greed of capitalism. Yeah. And yeah. that speech was the most damning part of that. And they cut it, they cut it back. But what the crux of what Oliver Stone had written was like Tony Montana's speech to all these like rich people in this restaurant basically saying you're just as bad as me yeah you know i kill for it but you'd you'd go about it in a a, like a backstabbing sort of way you know and that's it was carved back and that sort of got 
glazed over you didn't really get that yeah that's right because i mean it you know he's basically said you know you need me because i'm the bad guy and i make everyone look better yeah yeah and, and that's the gist of it that, that that comes across that's left in there i suppose then isn't it but um and again, you know, that's another one of those reasons why I think, you know, at that point, even though he's losing the plot, you're kind of thinking, yeah, he's right, isn't he? <laughs> you know, yeah, you've got to agree with that. <laughs> well, really, Oliver Stone, I mean, we see any of his films and he does a great job of sort of getting you to root for some real unsavory characters like Natural Born Killers. Mm. I don't know if you've seen that, and Woody Holsome, and he's giving that interview to Wayne Game, mm. and you just listening to him going, yeah. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> yeah, the rest of you are fucking mental. He's yeah. he's fine. Yeah, around killing it, him. Yeah, right? and it is. It's just it's a good. Uh, it's a skill to have, isn't it? That where you can actually yeah. get. Well, he sees what is bad with society and how society creates these monsters. You often talk about art being a mirror to the society that we live in, and and particularly at that time, that's exactly what this was. It was a mirror to what was going mm. on in America. All right, slightly sort of movied up and glorified in certain aspects and so on but there was a reflection there of what was happening and and yeah and i think to be honest though i think when you're saying about the the, the political element to it I'm, I'm in a way i'm glad that that isn't too heavily pushed in this film yeah because i think it would have subtract it would have taken away from the film itself i think if it had become too yeah, political think- if there were too many political speeches if it was too preachy i think it said enough without it being too sort of lectury and Tony Montana has spent more time giving speeches like that. I think, I think I would have shot him myself. <laughs> it's actually in the original film, the, the film starts with like uh, the 1932 version. It starts with like a caption at the beginning of the film, which is sort of saying like this sort of thing happens. And what is our government going to do about this? This is up to you government mm. to put these men in their place, you know, mm. and there's a scene in the middle of the film as well, where they're talking to newspaper editors and politicians and they're all going like, you know, this is, this is up to you to do this. And this is our responsibility to highlight these people. And, but your newspapers are causing like uh, scaremongering. And then they're like, yeah, but people need to know, you know, to be able to stop it. And it's sort of goes a bit further probably how oliver stone was sort of wanting to go sort of that way yeah but i think toning it back for this it just makes it great cinema doesn't it without it does to... it does and maybe that's why it sort of remained as the classic because i think if you'd have if it had become too much about that specific time period in terms of the political message then it probably would have dated a lot more because we'd all be going who cares you know because it's done yeah. now isn't it? then the film's two hours and 50 minutes i don't think it needed to be any longer no no and it, to be honest it's not a long two hours and 50 minutes no time, no that's exactly the by, point it, it does fly through yeah so anyway so um then it goes to the final scene doesn't it where it's basically them storming the mansion and did you know that within that scene there is one one particular bit yes. filmed by steven spielberg did you did you get that spielberg back? yeah friends would yeah that's the bit where it's all misty and the lights coming through and there's this little alien on a bike (laughs) yeah that then what do you think that was do you think he just said Stephen, hold the camera thank you well i think steven spielberg just turned up uh, to see how it's all going and he's like do you want to get on the camera go over there get on the camera i mean they all used to be friends yeah spielberg scorsese de palma um and they'd all meet up lucas but, but yeah. the, anyway, getting back to Scarface, the end of the Scarface. The, so the, the, shootout. the shootout. Yeah. Oh well, before the shootout, obviously Gina comes in. Yeah. She's been heavily dosed up, hasn't she? And then, but then she comes out, hold, wielding a gun. He's sitting at his desk with a face covered in cocaine. 
And she's saying, you know, yeah. I know what you want. <laughs> you want me, Tony? But she's shooting at him as she's saying but it. But at the she? same time, there's a guy hiding behind him outside. Yeah, just out the window. And then so he comes in and machine guns her down. In the original film as well, the, the sister does the same. He kills uh, the Manny character in the original film. I will just mention him because he's like really a wooden character mm. in that mm. film. And he just, his thing in that film is he tosses a coin and catches it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so awful the way he does it. It's a very theatrical film. Um, The bloke who plays Paul Mooney, who plays Scarface, is quite good. He looks a bit... It's like a cross between Del Boy and um, Al out of Quantum Leap. (laughs) Oh, that paints a picture. But the sister comes in to sort of shoot Tony, and then he persuades her not to. And then... The police will turn up and she's like, come on, Tony, Tony, we've got to take him. And then she's wielding a machine gun as well. She's going mental with him, you know. She's with <laughs> so him they're, the they're more of a team then. Yeah, yeah. And then I but, don't think that would have worked necessarily in the, no, in the, no. the later version because the sister wasn't there. Was I don't she? know if it worked in that. She's soon forgotten. Yeah, she's soon forgotten about yeah. her husband. Yeah. His mansion at the end with the staircase... And uh, it's just and the pull oh, amazing, down the, through the middle. And what does it say on the globe? The world is yours. That's right. The world is yours. Which well, she saw in a blimp because that's what it's advertising a travel company. Okay. The world yep. is yours. It's the same in the, that. That comes straight from the old version as well. He sees it, it. Okay. Sort of on his way up, he's like, "Ah, oh, the world yeah. is yours." So he, it, that's his logo yeah. as well. And so obviously, then the shootout starts, and it's good. They actually had the machine guns was wired up to the camera, so that when they the muzzle flashed. The camera shuttered. It was like tune, in tune with the camera shutters. Brilliant. So it showed more of the muzzle flash. And um, this is the bit where um, Pacino burnt his hand as well, wasn't it? Because he did, yeah, picking up, picking up the, the old gun. guns. Yeah, he's, he's in hospital for two two weeks, wasn't was he? he? They filmed the rest of the set while he was like recovering with his I, hand. I, yeah. I did think, I, it's a weird one, this, because I think, it, and I think it's the case just because, again, you know, like we talked about previously where, Further down the line, films you've you're kind of normalised to violence and things in films a lot more. Yeah, um, that we've you know nowadays I can think of a lot more gruesome killings. Yeah, and films have got a lot worse, a lot worse. I think that's actually perhaps one of the reasons why I weirdly like this film more now because it's not a Tarantino job, is it? Where everyone's getting split open and blown apart and blood and guts no. flying everywhere. It's not. A, you don't need to see. It, no, it's yeah. not. a a gratuitous film yeah you know you know what's going on but it doesn't at any point in this film did i think oh that's disgusting i can't look or oh, i wish i hadn't no, seen that no. you know if anything the ending it's not gratuitous it's not violent but it, it's like a big over the top ending yeah back when this was made then every film had it like you know spielberg said with jaws like in the book doesn't the shark just get indigestion and sink and spielberg's like now we gotta blow the shark up <laughs> And they're like, yeah, but would a shark blow up if you shot a tank in its mouth? And he's like, well, whether they will or not, he said, the audience has been with us for two and a half hours. Yeah. They'll believe anything you show them in the last five minutes. Yeah. And it's the same here. I mean, how many bullets Tony oh, Montana takes? The Terminator was in more pain than he was when I watched that last <laughs> night. And he was getting machine gunned everywhere. You know, and he, it's, he's actually standing there and he's going, go on, keep shooting me. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> and they yeah. let, let, let machine gun him. And so it actually isn't them, is it? It's the guy that sneaks up behind him with a shotgun. Yeah. And he shoots him in the back. And again, though, you know, there, he falls in the in the water. And there's no hole in his back. There's just water, there's blood in the water. And he's face down in the pool, isn't he? They get shot over the balcony. You know, if you imagine that, being done by Tarantino or you know actors today, oh, yeah, it would have been horrendous. 
But I suppose back then as well, yeah, they wasn't right. We can't take this too far. Yeah. I mean, up until this point, what was the bloodiest you'd seen in films was probably like Taxi Driver, the end yeah. shootout in the yeah. end of Taxi Driver. I suppose. Yeah. And he had to tone that back. You know, he saturated bits. I think there was like, oh yeah, yeah, we've made changes, and they wouldn't make changes. A lot of people learned that if they sent back the film and said no. It's too bloody. We want bits taken out. They go, okay, yeah, give it to us. They just hang on to it for a couple of weeks and send it back. They go, they go, right, that's better. And it, they haven't done anything to it. Even I think Hitchcock even done that with like Psycho. Yeah, yeah. Well, the shower scene in Psycho was quite matched up to the chainsaw scene because they're in the shower. You see the eyes. You see the blood. Exactly. You see yeah. the chainsaw. You well, see the knife. Well, Brian De Palma rates himself as a bit of a, a, a Hitchcock, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, then he, then you could see that that's, you know, in that shower scene, that's what he was doing, his his Hitchcock shower scene. Exactly, you know, yeah, yeah. A bit more squirty blood, but... So, yeah, so he ends up face down in the water. That's it. And the world isn't his after all. No, end of. Exactly, a good rise and fall. So, yeah, next week, Robin, it's your choice of film. Mm. So, any, any idea what are you going to choose for us to discuss next week on... WN Movie Talk Podcast. Well, I thought for um, a film next week, I thought we haven't done a Daniel Day-Lewis film yet, so I thought maybe, perhaps we could do The Gangs of New York. Ah, Martin mm. Scorsese. Ah, that's early Doors uh, Gangs. And Leo. Yeah, very early, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we've gone. Yeah, another gangster film next weekend then. Yeah, yeah well, I it do. is. All right, I All look right, forward to stuff. watching that. All right, Robin, well... Thank you ever so much for joining me. No, thank it's been you. Brilliant. Thank you. Really enjoyed it. Um, thanks everyone for listening. Feel free to drop us a comment over on the Facebook page, on Instagram, or anything like that. We'd love to hear from you. But more importantly, please go and rate us on whatever you're listening to us on, and it will help boost us onto wider audiences. So thanks everyone for listening. Thank you, Robin. I'll see you all again soon. Nice one. Cheers. Cheers.